Blog Talk Radio. Trek Talking. All things Star Trek and beyond. Thursday night, 7.30 to 9.30, all hailing frequencies are open. iTunes, iHeart, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, and wherever fine podcasts are found. Trek Talking. Boldly going wherever your mind is willing to go. Blog Talk Radio. you got in Hollywood 
And how did how did that transpire? Because I would imagine that uh, back in the early days, it must not have been too easy for a, a woman to get a job in a primarily uh, male um, uh, field. Well, actually, it's still sort of true nowadays, but uh, um, back then what happened was um, there was a movie called Two-Minute Warning, and they were filming also another football. It's a football movie where everyone's panicking and running down the hallways. There was also another movie called Black Sunday, uh, but I was in Two-Minute Warning, and... um, the stunt coordinator had to change out stunt people like every three days because because you couldn't be shooting in various hallways and have the same faces running down the hallway. How'd that guy get to that side of the room or that side of the Coliseum? So um, I, you got to realize, like I say, how naive I was and and the whole thing with the stunt business or getting into the Screen Actors Guild. Uh, I went to the set. I saw the stunt coordinator. I said, uh, you know, I'm I'm a stunt woman or I'm, you know, I want to become a, a union stunt woman. And he said to me, if you could get a letter from the producer, um, I will use you. Well, Again, naive me, I figure I'll just call up the producer and ask for the letter. And I do. And her secretary answers the phone, and she goes, oh, what's your name? What's your birthday? You know, what's your social? And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm dumbfounded that, you know, they're just saying, oh, yeah, we'll write you the letter to get into the union. Well, come to find out, there was this other person, this other woman, that was trying to get into the union, and she had connections at Universal, and her friend had talked to the producer and said, you know, a a woman will be calling you up, asking you for the letter, give her the letter so she can become, a you know, a union son woman. Well, the secretary thought that I was that person. So they wrote me the letter. <laughs> And I got into the woman so, and I worked. What about the other woman who yeah, was supposed I, to get the letter? <laughs> right. Well, I mean, you know, they did write, after they found out what had happened, they did write a letter for this other one, and, and she got in as well. But but it was like years later, um, we, were, we, we met on the street in, in the San Fernando Valley, and she goes to me, you got in on my coattails. And I had no idea what she was talking about. She had to tell me the story of why I got my letter so easily. <laughs> so, well, personally, I find it funny. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it was just being in the right place at the right time. And because the truth of the matter, the way it works, in order to join the union, you have to have a union job. In order to get a union job, you have to be part of the union. Now, how do you break that circle? <laughs> I mean, that's why there's so many people trying to get into the guild, and and they might they might be lucky enough to get the break, but but I'm sure there's more people <laughs> that are still trying ten, twenty years later. But um, is, it, is it still that to way today, Leslie? Oh, absolutely. You still have to get a I mean, like I say, in order to get into the union, you have to have a union job. In order to have a union job, you have to be part of the union. I mean, so so there there really there really is no easy way to do it. Um, they do have a new special rule that. Um, if you're hired as an extra, I don't remember how many days, but if you're hired as an extra for so many days, uh, somehow it gives you a, a step up that, that you could join the union. But, but like I say, I'm, I, I don't know that rule, so, so I'm not going to swear by it. But, but I've heard about this. <laughs> now, um, two-minute uh, warning. 
was a movie with yeah, Charlton so Heston. I remember, I remember saw it. I, I did see it. Um, my parents' drive-ins were big back in the 70s. And so we went every weekend to the drive-in. And I remember seeing this movie. Uh, Charlton Heston was in it. And um, there was a sniper in the light tower at a football game. And he was shooting people. And at the two-minute warning, he was gonna just—he was gonna just go crazy and start opening fire on everybody in the audience. And Charlton Heston was the officer, was the cop in charge of tracking down this crazy dude and stopping him. It, it wasn't a bad movie if, if I haven't seen it in a long time, but my 13-year-old self liked it. <laughs> so, what was your what was what was your part in that movie? What stunts did you perform? Um. Well, I think it was just that they needed people that, well, the other thing is you got to realize they had what what's called, okay, there's something beneath a background performer or an extra. It's called a waiver. So that's a person that doesn't belong to the union. Back then they got paid $18 a day, and they had about seven to 900 of these people hired, and on action – these people would just come rushing down the hallway. Well, so you're asking what my, you know, I would either have to fall down or or part of, part of the thing was they wanted some people around the actor to protect the actor from being knocked down by all these waivers, you know, all these other people and getting trampled. So I guess we were we were almost hired as bodyguards to make sure that, <laughs> to make sure that the actor was standing upright and not getting trampled to death. I mean, it was amazing. After after everybody would run by, you'd look at the hallway and there'd be shoes and glasses and, you know, just pieces <laughs> of, of, of things that people lost. Or, I mean, it, it was really strange. <laughs> But, but so that wasn't, that's that, not scripted at all? They just say action and, and, and 90 people just go charging like wild animals down this hallway? Oh, yeah. Well, this isn't the first time something like this happened. Is that uh, I was in a movie called I Want to Hold Your Hand where where uh, the Beatles were going to be on Ed Sullivan. And, and again, they had about, uh, I don't know, five to 700 waivers hired and and on action they were supposed to rush the limousine that they thought the Beatles were in well there were let's see uh, one two three there were three stunt women that I was one of the three that jumped on the car on the limousine as it took off it kind of jumps up on the curb and and we we roll off as it's driving down the curb and then back into the street and around the corner. Well, for for some people, they think this is their chance that they're going to get discovered. And where where it was, how do I say, where the director said, okay, these three stunt people are going to get on the car. Everyone just stay near the car. Don't get on the car, you know. We would have other people getting on the car, and as as we're trying to do our stunts rolling off the car, we're getting kicked in the face by just these crazed people who thought they were going to get discovered. In fact, one guy finally got kicked off the set because he was told multiple times, well, they did the take several times, and he, he got on the car every time. And like I say, he's rolling off the car with with us, and and kicking us and I mean it 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 is <laughs> I'll tell you people are more dangerous than uh, like I worked with horses in in the movie The Car. Believe me, people are more dangerous. I mean they they'll they'll purposely kick you or hit you <laughs> or whatever. But and then, uh, who did that? Well, this one thing I wanted to say back to Two Minute Warning was again this was my first. Union film, um, little girl from Saranac Lake, population 5,000. Uh, a stuntman and I are sitting at the L.A. Coliseum, 
and I'm looking at this Coliseum. You got to realize I've never seen anything like this before. Um, you know, my father didn't take us to baseball games or football games, or well, at least he didn't take me to any of those. And I asked the stuntman, like, how many people does this place hold? He goes, ninety thousand people. I go, ninety thousand people. If if you put all of Saranac Lake in the front row, we wouldn't even we even we wouldn't even make it around the the, the Coliseum. So so that was that was that was a mind blower. <laughs> now, did you uh, did you get to uh, work with Charlton Heston or or meet him at all on the set while you were filming? No, I don't. I I didn't get to work with him, but but another memory that comes to mind is um, I'm I'm trying to remember if if he wanted an actor to jump on the stunt person or something like this. Is that he's telling this? I think it was an actor. He's telling him, "Well, just jump on the stunt people. They can take it." <laughs> director is beating the stunt man. You know, he's hitting him on the back trying to show the actor how solid the stunt person was. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's, that's it. Hey, look, you can punch a stunt person. <laughs> and uh, what did the union say about that? There must have been union guidelines. No, nah, the union, the union... There, there's no one on the set to protect uh, actors or stunt people. I mean, that's why there's so many accidents because because we don't have a safety person on the set. Now, you, when you were on Star Trek, though, you, you said that uh, well, Spice Williams was your safety, and then you were the safety for um, Miles O'Brien's daughter. But back in the seventies, when you were doing your your first films, they, they didn't have safeties. Well, okay, you're you're sort of talking about two different things. Is that I'm talking about like a safety officer, you know, just like when animals work on a set that you have the humane society there, and believe me, the humane society. They're they're going to make their presence known. Uh, when I worked on Remington Steel and I was working with a dog, uh, this guy was there, and there was an actor dog, there was a stunt dog, and there was a stuffed animal toy dog that I had to work with. I mean, who cares? Who cares that I'm getting hit with stones as this this taxi is peeling out of the driveway? But God. <laughs> Protect that doggy. <laughs> so, so, well, so back to what you're saying. What I'm saying is, unions do not provide a steward on the set. Now, the stunt coordinator, due to a stunt, whether it be a high fall and you need spotters around the airbag or like I say, the young child on the cliff, or that I'm doing this jump off of the promenade, the stunt coordinator will hire a safety. So I don't, do you sort of understand the difference of that or? Oh yeah, yeah, I, I get it, I get it. Okay, yeah, I just, I'm not sure if I'm making myself clear about the, uh, you know, let's like you say, a steward as opposed to a safety hired by a stunt coordinator. Right. I get it. That's cool. Hey, uh, listen, we have to take our station identification break right now, but we'll be right back with Stunt Treks with Uncle Jim and the Leslie Hoffman. Don't touch your dial. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this short, short message. Hi, this is Jamie from Check Talking, here to invite you to join us for the best sci-fi themed podcast. Our elite team of Trexperts are here to discuss Star Trek and sci-fi themed content. Call 646-668-2433 Thursday nights from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. Eastern Coast Time 
We can't wait to hear from you. Live long and prosper. And we're back. So, Leslie, people wanted to hear. It's funny. Last week we were talking about Planet of the Apes with Charlton Heston. And tonight we're talking about the two-minute warning with Charlton Heston. <laughs> um, what other – is there any other um, famous classic actors that you've worked with before, like Charlton Heston or maybe um, Rowdy McDowell or um, – uh, I don't know, Ricardo Maltobon or any anything like that. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, on Remington Steel. Um, I don't know if these names mean anything to people anymore, but I worked with Ray Milan, who, you know, he was he was a movie star in his time. At the at the point that I worked with him on Fantasy Island, he he was. Much, much, much older. But I worked with Pamela Franklin, Tippi Hendren, Ricardo Montalban, Leslie Nielsen, uh, Tom Baker, Doctor Who. Um, I worked with Doris Rock. You know, there are people that I worked with that actually have more memorable roles now. Like Doris Roberts was Mildred on Remington Steel. But people remember her more for being... Raymond's mother on Everybody Loves Raymond. Uh, in the a case of Rosemary, that's going in the other direction. She was most recognized for being the female writer on the Dick Van Dyke show. Um, Ricardo Montalban, I mean, he was he was a movie star, you know, way before he did Fantasy Island or was Khan or, you know, in Star Trek. Um Let's see, I'm just trying. Uh, Wendy Jo Sperber, uh, I was doubling her before she was doing Bosom Buddies, which I think people would remember her with Tom Hanks in Bosom Buddies, and she was in Back to the Future. I think the first, well, she definitely was in the first uh, movie. She was sort of in the second movie, not as much. Um, let's see, I'm just trying to, oh, oh, uh, somebody else, I doubled Conchata Farrell. Now, that may, name may not mean anything to you, but she was Berta on Two and a Half Men. She was the heavyset, red-headed housekeeper. Yes, no? So, <laughs> yeah, I, no, I, I was, I'm just, I'm just soaking it all up like a giant sponge if you that sound you hear that that's me soaking up information like a sponge i'm i'm sponge yeah, well, square pants <laughs> i mean you know uh harry morgan on on mash uh i mean he definitely had a full career before he was colonel potter uh i doubled cindy williams on laverne and shirley uh, I was in the car with James Garner on Rockford Files. I mean, so so uh, Bernie Bernie Coppell, who is more known for the for the Doc on Love Boat, but he had a guest role on Fantasy Island. But this is all Aaron Spelling, so that's why that's why you see people like. From Charlie's Angels, Fantasy Island, Love Boat, um, Starsky and Hutch, you, you, you see these actors back and forth. You know, they're either starring in their own show or they're guest starring on another Aaron Spelling show. Yeah, because that, that's how Hollywood worked back in those days. You, you didn't have a lot of the cross uh yeah, contamination like we do today. Yeah, or or I notice on Facebook that that um, people realize that uh, actors that are on uh, Next Generation or suddenly on Deep Space Nine or suddenly having a starring role on Voyager and and again it's the same thing. You have the same exact casting directors for those Star Trek series. 
So, you know, if they liked somebody, they kept bringing them back and they, they would put them in different roles. So that's why you see these actors, like you say, come across on different series. Now, our or phone even, number here is our phone number here oops, is six four six 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 eight two four three three. That's six four six 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 eight two four three three. If you have a question for Leslie about any of the movies she's worked on in her career, give us a call right now at six four six 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 eight two four three three, and she'll be more than happy to answer your questions. Sorry to interrupt you, Leslie. Go ahead. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> so, yeah, we're back. Are we we're talking? Live. <laughs> yes, okay. we are. <laughs> so, so, the, so the other interesting is, as you work in this industry, um, I was a cavewoman in the Flintstones, Viva Rock Vegas, and yet I'm doubling Torres in the 24th century. So, so. Uh, I feel like Mr. Flint in Requiem for Methuselah. <laughs> I spanned a lot of generations. <laughs> so, uh, in particular, one of our fans wanted to know if you have if you worked with Leslie Nielsen and what he was like in in person versus what we see of him on screen. If he was just as funny in person. Oh yeah, he. He definitely is funny in person. Well, and besides that, we shared the same name. Um, I was on the Naked Gun set, and, you know, obviously they're doing all this dialogue most of the day, and they would go, Leslie, to the set, and, you know, Leslie would go up and he'd do his scenes, and we finally get towards the afternoon or end of the day, and they go, Leslie, to the set, except this time they really mean me, because they're ready to do the down the banquet table stunt. And Leslie comes up to the table that I'm at, and he goes, Leslie, that's a nice-sounding name, and I really wish I could have come with a snappy comeback. But about the only thing I could say to him was, I think so, Leslie. And the other thing <laughs> is he did this. I think I think this happened on a talk show, and it is true, is he had a mini whoopee cushion. So he would stand, he really did do this. He would stand next to people and go, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. But he was, yeah, no, he he was a funny guy. Well, and again, uh, working on that naked gun, not only was it nice, you know, working with Leslie Nielsen, he was friendly, he was friendly to everybody, Um, you know. I go on the set, and here's Ricardo Montalban, who I worked with on Fantasy Island. You know, I'm not sure how many years before that. And and he comes up to me, and he goes, hello, Leslie. It's like this this movie star remembers my name? You know, it wasn't even that, like, have we worked together before? He knew exactly who I was. That's, that's which, pretty cool, again, actually. Yeah, I mean, that's amazing. I, I do have, uh, there was a stuntman on the set with his own camera. How how he had his own camera on the set, I don't know. But I do have a picture of me dressed up as the queen with Ricardo Bontabon standing behind me. I'm sitting down and standing behind me is Ricardo. And, and that, that, I'm so glad I have that picture. I mean, because... Because usually, um, you know, I well, I think we've talked about this before, is that I decided early on in my career I was not going to go up to an actor and go, oh, I think you're the most great little, you know, actor in the world, and can I have my picture with you? Can I my, can you give me your autograph? I mean, no, this is this is a working set, and and you have to have some dignity about it. You know, we're all working and and actually you you could make an actor very uncomfortable. I mean, there's some actors that don't want that or I would say actually most every actor doesn't want to be a, attacked on the set. I mean, they're there to work. They don't need 
some, um, you know, pawing them or something like that. So, so, you know, I would, if an actor gave me, what should I call it, an opening, you know, that they would start talking to me first, I, I wouldn't ignore them. I mean, I'd start talking back with them. And um, well, Doris Roberts was very nice. Uh, Rosemarie, uh, I doubled her on an episode of Remington Steel. And and she starts, she pulls out her wallet and she starts showing me pictures of her grandchildren. I mean, she was just so sweet. Um, Pierce, Pierce was, well, I have a story about Pierce. Pierce was always nice to me, but what I didn't realize that he usually had, let's see, i got to get this in the right direction. Um, I usually had an earlier call than he did. So by the time he would come onto the set, I would already be dressed up as Doris Roberts. Well, one day, he had the earlier call. I come onto the set with my stunt bag and my long brown hair, and I go, hi, Pierce. And Pierce goes, (laughs) just this really like, wow, I wonder if he's having a bad day today. And and I just, you know, I got dressed, and, and I'm on the set. And a little bit later, Pierce walks up to me, and he goes, Leslie, I am so sorry. I thought you were blonde. <laughs> he didn't recognize me. Yeah. Um, and then also uh, I worked with Fred Gwynn, who was Herman Monster, Um and it turns out that as a teenager, he used to vacation in Lake Placid, which is about nine miles away from Saranac Lake. So, so we had a nice, really, really nice conversation the day that I worked on. It was a, it was a made-for-TV movie. It was like Monsters Come Home or something like that. It wasn't, it wasn't the ap- episodic show. I used to love that show as a kid. I never missed it. I loved the monsters. Oh yeah. Well, that's and I'm old enough that know, I remember Fred Gwynn on Car Fifty Four. Where are you? And now, Which, the, of course, the monsters was black and white uh, because they didn't have color. But what was it like to see them in color? <laughs> For real? I mean, was he actually green? You know, I'm trying to remember because he was in makeup, but but I'm really drawing a blank on it. Um, he obviously wasn't skin tone, but I can't tell you whether he was sort of a white or white green or. But he he definitely was Herman Monster when I was working with him. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't out of the costume, but but yeah, you know, again, you know. it was just. And he is that tall. I mean, well, besides that, the the boots help. But he was a very tall actor. I bet he was, like Carl Strike and yeah. played Lurch in the Adams in the new movies. He's just that tall too. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so the number the well, number is, here is six four six 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 eight two four three three. If you have a question for Leslie, please give us a call. Six four six 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 eight two four three three. We're talking about Leslie's early career shenanigans and some of the famous people that she's had the pleasure of meeting and working with through her long illustrious career. So, uh, how about John Wayne? Does that name ring a bell? Never worked with him. Sorry. <laughs> Yes, it rings a bell, but no, I didn't. I didn't work with him. Um, well, I, I don't know if I really worked with any Western type uh, actors, um, and I feel like I must see now. Like I say, I'm starting to things are becoming a blur. Is that I did work Death Wish three, and I obviously was saved by Charles Bronson. But I, for the life of me, I can't remember if 
Charles Bronson was on the set or not, or if it was his stunt double that uh, was there, which is kind of sad that I'm losing those memories. <laughs> but, but I would guess that he was there, but I, I just don't. Maybe maybe he was the type of actor that, you know, he was on the set and then he was off the set, and maybe that's why I don't have a clear memory of Charles Bronson. But I worked on Clue with Tim Curry, which everyone would know him from Rocky Horror Picture Show, uh, Christopher Lloyd from Taxi, and I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. That Klingon, you got to tell me which, which, which movie it was, but that Klingon, when he opened up his mouth, I'm going, that's Reverend Jim. <laughs> that Klingon is Reverend Jim. That was uh, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, and that was Commander Cruz. Or Crudge. I don't think it's Crudge. I think it's Krug, but Star Trek Three. Uh-huh. And we have a caller, Leslie. You ready to talk to one of your fans? Oh, okay. Absolutely. Let's see who we got. Hello. Thank yeah. you for calling Stunt Trek tonight. What's your name and where are you calling us from tonight? Well, this is David again. Calling from California. Hey guys, David, <laughs> how you doing? I'm doing great. Just listening to the show, and I'm like, I'm gonna call in before someone else calls in. I got to get the other autographs, you know. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're, you're going for the full collection. <laughs> I'm, that's what I'm going for. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the first one who get them all. That's that's my goal. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to have a goal. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, did, you, uh, did you did you have a question for Leslie? Yeah, I have a, a kind of small one. Uh, Leslie, did you have any uh, uh, actors you acted with and then sets with that, like you acted like on the TV show, and if they also did a movie, did you ever have, have anything like that happen? Oops, um. I'm not sure what, what exactly what I heard something about a TV show and a movie. I'm well, not sure what, ever, what the question was. Have you ever uh, worked with an actor that you did a TV show with and also did a movie with? Hmm. Boy, I'm trying to to think about that. Um, oh, I got a stumper. Oh well, well it would Uh-oh. be it would be Wendy Jo Sperber. Um. I doubled her in I Want to Hold Your Hand, 1941, um, uh, a, a movie that was out for maybe only two weeks called Stewardess School. But then she actually was on the episodic Private Benjamin. So so I did do a television show doubling the same actress on feature, not necessarily the same character, but but doubling the same actress on both features and television. Wasn't Goldie Goldie Hawn in the original Private Benjamin? Uh, um, Yeah, it it was Goldie Hawn. Goldie Hawn was the original. Goldie Hawn was Private Benjamin in the movie, but I don't remember the actress that did the television show. Ah. Okay, I was just I was just curious. <laughs> was wasn't that Denny yeah, Moore? So, say that again. Am I, am I thinking? Was that Denny Moore that that uh, did that? GI uh, Jane was it? Well, that's a movie. Okay, you're, yes, she did that movie. But Private Benjamin was this uh, rich woman who. Whatever reason she joins the army, or yeah, right, she joins the army, and and she decides to be military. Uh, but they did, like I say, after that movie came out, they did do the television show. But but it's like Mash. It's um, Donald Sutherland was actually Hawkeye Pierce in the movie while Alan Alda was uh, Hawkeye Pierce in the television show. 
Yeah, and actually, I, I prefer the TV show over the movie myself, but uh, it's just my personal. I think that's because I, I've watched so many episodes of the TV show that they just feel just comfortable. Um, so we have yeah, well, to I, our last I, and final uh, station identification break. Don't touch your dials. Don't go away. Stunt Trek with the Leslie Hoffman. We'll be right back after this short break. Don't go away. This is Chris from Trek Talking and Beyond, here to invite you to join us for the best science fiction-themed podcast on the Internet. Our elite team of Trexperts are here to discuss Star Trek and other sci-fi-related content, and we want to hear from you. Dial 646-668-2433 on Thursday nights from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. on East Coast Time. Hailing frequencies are always open, and we'll get you on the air to share your opinions. We have faith. You will call. And and we're back, and that's right, 646-668-2433 is the number here. You can call that number just like David did, and you can talk to Leslie live right now. So, Leslie, let me ask you a question. Um, what are some of your favorite movies, uh, not necessarily your, the favorite movies that, you, that you've been in, but of the movies that you've done, what, what are your favorite movies, the ones that you, that you just – you like to watch just as a fan in general? Well, okay. The the thing is, I think I think I should have been born or living in nineteen twenties, thirties in that time period. So I like watching TCM and and I tend to like the black and white movies. So <laughs> you know, if you if you were hoping for me to say current movies, I mean. You know, it's like now Voyager. Uh, actually, this morning Lost Horizon was on. I mean, those are classic movies, or or the original A Star Is Born. I mean, uh, but but then again, I okay. So so let's let's move up some. Is that I still like the original Planet of the Apes with Roddy McDowell. Um, I liked Butch Cassidy in the Sundance Kid. I thought that was a great film. I mean, that you know, that that's me as a teenager growing up and watching movies. So, um, I like those movies. Uh, I'm just trying to. I mean, I tend to like musicals, and but but people really don't make musicals anymore. I mean, it's it's sort of a passe thing. I mean. Maybe the last musical that I thought was really good was Chicago. But uh, so, well, other, how did you end other up getting I into to Star Trek? Is, say that again. Oh, well, how did you yeah, end up I mean, getting into I, Star Trek? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously the Star Trek movie. Sorry about that. <laughs> Obviously, the Star Trek uh, movies. Gonna, you left out the most uh, important well, one. My, my mindset is in the non non Star Trek, you know, genre right now. So that's why, yeah. Um, but but just going back uh, is you got to realize, you know, new new generations come in. So I was the stunt coordinator of a fan film called Father Xmas and it was Dakota Fanning's like one of her first films so think of Dakota Fanning as like a five six year old <laughs> or or going going in the other direction there was a movie that I was a stunt coordinator and stunt double called Mulgans that uh, Tippi Hendren was in but she's known for the birds um you know, so so I worked with Tippy. Um, uh, well, and then and then you know there there were acting roles that I had. Well, the, the probably the one that most people recognize is Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, if people see me and know that I'm the hall guard, you know they'll say, "Where's your past? Screw your past!" Hey, Nancy, no running in the hallway. But uh, one of my early jobs was I actually worked on emergency um, where where supposedly this 
this backhoe tractor flipped over on top of me, and I'm down a hill and engaged in DeSoto <laughs> are supposed to go down the hill to save me. Now, again, these are actors, and, and there's a technical uh, um, supervisor on the set. But So they come down the hill, and they put me on this backboard, and they strap me in, but then they're supposed to walk up the side of the hill with me on this backboard, except that they didn't have me in strapped in tight enough. So as they're, <laughs> as they're taking me up the hill, I'm sliding down, and the and the webbing is is coming up around my neck. <laughs> you do not want to be rescued by Squad Fifty One. <laughs> rampart, rampart. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, I did get to I did get to go to the hospital with Robert Fuller and um. Um, I can't. Well, and I, I'm I'm mixing up characters' names and actually actors' names. You know, Julie and and what's it was was it Les Brown or well, I say I can't remember. But the but the two doctors and the nurse. You know, they're they're they have they have my so-called father on one table and I'm on the other table, and you know they're patching us up. <laughs> But it was a lot of fun. Well, and and then you know that that just reminded me about camera angles. Is that you can't have someone laying flat on their back on a table because if you take the camera to film, you're going to film up the person's nose. So so they actually had like a you know like a wedge underneath me that that. That I, that you know the the top half of my body was slightly elevated, so like you say, so you wouldn't see my nose hairs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that boy. was that 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 actually was two different days. In fact, there was a third day to to emergency. Is they had to what it's called looping when when they couldn't get the sound on the set to go into this sound stage, this booth, and, you know, say your lines again, or in this case, it was groaning. So so I'm at Universal, and they have me in this booth, and I'm supposed to be groaning like I'm in pain, and I'm going, uh, uh, wait a minute, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing a porno show. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know how you would groan to sound like you were in pain. No matter how you groan to sound like you're in pain, it could be taken the wrong <laughs> way. <laughs> uh. Uh, no, that's good. <laughs> Let me try that. <laughs> See, the things you learn on podcasts, Things you never thought of, huh? Right. I mean, <laughs> it just. Well, I say in that. Well, now you just made me that. Uh, like the props, you know. You think these are space age props, and they turn out to be uh, painted uh, uh, tomato plant. You know those those open grid tomato plant things, upside down, just painted gold or gray. I mean, and that's <laughs> that's the space age prop. <laughs> but it looks so good on TV, though. I know. Well, that which is very interesting about the bat lift is that is that people think that they're made out of metal, and they were made out of rubber. Uh, well, in fact, that was something that I noticed on Discoveries that I feel like the com badge, or well, I guess those aren't com badges. I feel like the badges on Discovery are metal because they did seem to have a reflection to them. So I'm yeah, a, that, I, I'm a, a little question. surprised. I, I we Oops, had um, we had a um, we had a uh, extra um, from Star Trek 
beyond on our show up when they were filming up in Canada. And uh, she came on and she said that the badges that they wear, this is the movie, but I'm sure uh, the, the TV show is probably the same because they, they look, Discovery looks like a movie every week. So I'm assuming it's the same. And uh, she told us on the show that the badges that they wear um, in Star Trek Beyond are actually badges. They're real metal badges. And they have double-sided sticky tape on the back. And they have the prop people uh, put them on your uniform exactly where they need to be. And if they fall off, you're not allowed to touch it. They have to have another another uh, prop person come and reattach it. And they count they counted the badges before and after every shoot, so to make sure none of them disappeared. That's right. Same thing. Same thing uh, at Paramount is well, ours ours were were um, well, it wasn't plastic. I can't think of what material you would call it, but but the well, it's not what the batlifts were made out of, but but our. Our com badges were not metal. They were they were painted some kind of pseudo plastic. But you are exactly right. Is that uh, those were they were well ours were held on with Velcro. There was a you know the Velcro uh, whatever you want to call it uh, threaded side and the other side you know with the with the hoops. So that's how ours were stuck on, but but you're not kidding. I mean, those 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 badges, um, they were they were put on and off by that that particular union, and they had to keep account of these badges because, they, as you said, they didn't want people taking them home as souvenirs. Which, of course, who would do anything like that? Really? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Who me? So we got a couple of we got a couple of announcements to make for you guys. Um, we want to start early so we don't lose anybody. Um, we're gonna start we're gonna start going to Tuesdays um, because I'm gonna be going up to camp. So we're gonna start moving the show to Tuesdays instead of Sundays while I'm at camp. And I think our first Tuesday show is going to be on, um, what is it, April 2nd? Did we decide, Leslie? Oh, was it April 2nd? I, I already forgot. That's At first or, I thought you had said it? May 7th, but, but May I mean, 7th, if you want to start it. doing that's it right. in April, we can start doing it in April. Nope, I'm looking at my calendar, and it's going to be May 7th. Uh, we'll go to Tuesdays, same time, uh, 7 to 8 on Tuesday, May 7th. And then that will only be for the summer months. And then at the end of the summer months, if, if we want to shift back to Sunday, we will. But that will be because I'll be up at camp all weekend, and I won't be able to get home from camp and get the show programmed and set up and done uh, by 7 o'clock on Sunday when, when I'm up at camp. So we're going to be moving the show to Tuesday night. Uh, our first Tuesday show will be on May 7th. So mark your calendars. We don't got you guys to miss any of the fun. Um, also, don't forget, Thursday night, we have Trek Talking and Beyond with yours truly and, of course, the Leslie Hoffman. And we're going to be talking about the Red Angel. We know who she is now, or do we? So we're going to have yeah, some that's fun talking about Star Trek. Yeah, we're going to have some fun with that one. And we're also going to be talking about the Orville um, uh, episode um, Never Forgotten. Um, what was the name of that episode? I don't remember. <laughs> I guess we forgot what the forgotten episode was. All I know yeah, is there was a cell phone. <laughs> lost and Forgotten or Limitless, uh, Never uh, Remembered or so. Anyways, we're going to be talking about the latest Orville episode as well on Thursday night. So you guys make sure you tune in from 7.30 to 9.30. The number's the same, 646-668-2433. And, uh, Leslie, what do you say? I, I noticed that you've done a lot of horror movies and that you're, you're a bigger draw at the horror conventions, oh, basically because you were the hall monitor in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. But what do you say we talk about horror movies? 
your horror movie roles on our next show. How does that sound? Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I as I was uh, looking through my credits, I, I yeah, I didn't realize. Uh, I mean, it's not that I've done hundreds of horror movies, but I am surprised on how many horror movies I have done. Yeah, I, I was looking so, at it too, and I was like, wow, <laughs> there's quite a few there. Yeah. No, that sounds good. So we'll talk about some horror movies, and I'm sure that you've run into some horror icons at some of the horror shows that you've done. And I'm sure you have some stories that you can share about about that as well. So how about next week we'll talk about horror movies. We'll start with, obviously, Nightmare on Elm Street, um, and we'll just we'll just go from there and, and see where where this path meanders and where it takes us and where we end up, because you never know. Yeah, no, sounds sounds good to me. <laughs> and yeah, I it'll, it'll be fans fun. Are always welcome. Fans are always welcome to, you know, ask questions on Facebook or, or if they have an idea or would like a, a subject of a so- show, uh, we're more than welcome to to listen to what the fans want to hear. Absolutely, and you know, you guys can talk directly to Leslie on her. Fan uh, page on Facebook, the Leslie Hoffman Appreciation Organization fan page on Facebook. You can go right there and leave Leslie a message, and she'll, she's pretty good at getting right back to you. Uh, you can also purchase autographs there. There's several different ones you can choose from. Uh, you know, not just uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, but there's some Star Trek ones there as well that you can uh, pick from, and Leslie will sign those. Those will be full eight by tens, though. Uh, not the small postcard ones like David uh, called in one tonight. Those will be full 8x10s, and she'll make it right out to you, which is awesome. So you can go right to the Leslie Hoffman Appreciation Organization fan page and make that happen. So And ask Leslie any question, and she'll get right back to you. And if you, have a, if you have a suggestion for something you'd like to hear us talk about on the show or something about uh, Leslie from her uh, background, please go on the Facebook page and leave us a message there, and we'll definitely be more than happy to talk about it on a show. Right, Leslie? Absolutely. Because uh, we're here for you guys. Without the fans, we'd be talking to ourselves, and we could do that on the phone anytime, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, as, so, uh, as I've always said, is that if it wasn't for the fans, I wouldn't be here. I mean, it's I appreciate the fans as much as, or more so than the fans probably appreciate me. I don't think they realize what a critical part they are to this industry or to 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 this whole situation. It's, it's a full circle. Yes, it definitely is. And uh, listen, we're running out of time, so I wanted to say thank you to David for calling. It's always great to hear from you, David. Uh, David runs 10 Forward um, on Facebook as well. And uh, it's great to hear from our fans. It's great to hear from you, David. And it's definitely thank you, Leslie, for hanging out for an hour and, and uh, chatting with me about stunts on Stunt Trek. Um, it's always great to chat with you. Oh, as always, talking with you. And, uh, and to, the me, next th- to me, you know, you're talking about opening up your camp. I think... I think you almost have to be from the Northeast to understand when someone says, I'm going to be opening up my camp soon. <laughs> I mean, that's, that, to me, that's nothing that ever happened in Los Angeles. You didn't hear an actor or some person saying, you know, oh, it's spring or it's summer, I'm going to go open up my camp now. To me, that's Northeast. Well, we have such a short season. It's only three and a half months, so we have to enjoy it while we can. And we'll be back with Leslie on Thursday night for Trek Talking, and we'll be back next week. We'll talk with Leslie about horror movies. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great night. Be good to each other, and good night, Leslie. Good night. Let's see what's out there. Engage.
it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.